0: This podcast brought to you by Hope
1: 103.2. While most of us have been staying at home, working at home and schooling at home, Dr. Kate Barclay is someone who has been going into battle every day. Kate Barclay is a respiratory physician and she's working in a major Sydney hospital on the front line of the coronavirus pandemic. While most of us have been learning about this pandemic through the media, she's actually seeing it firsthand firsthand. Every day, and today she's going to share with us what that experience has been like. So, how much uh, impact has COVID 19 had on your work and just how you do your job on a day to day
0: basis? Well, uh, like most people, it's had a very dramatic effect. Um, usually, respiratory medicine is just a little bit humdrum, you know, cough, phlegm, but now uh, we can really help vanquish the foe with the evil coronavirus. Uh, but. Seriously, to quote an Italian intensive care specialist, pandemic medicine is completely different and you have to think completely differently. And it took me a little while to make that adjustment in my mind. Uh, The way that we practice medicine is no longer business as usual. The best analogy I came up with is that the difference in practicing medicine in wartime versus peacetime so currently in the hospital it's really been all about preparation and training and in my clinic my um, consulting rooms it's about keeping patients safe by using telehealth and the staff safe as well whilst trying to deliver good quality healthcare. care. Mm-hmm.
1: So what would like a normal day if there is such a thing what would that look like for you now?
0: Well every day is a little bit different um, and variable but usually my work day starts with hosting a Zoom meeting at 7.15 with other hospital doctors and we, you know, about 20 of us to talk through various issues and then a significant part of my day is spent working out policy and procedure around the management of these patients and this is just a lot of discussion and brainstorming and problem-solving um, and also just a fair bit of counselling. I, I sort of wander around the hospital corridors and bump into helpful people like the director of nursing or the, the JMO management, manager, and I um, people are anxious at this time, and, and I try and sort of educate and reassure. Then I wander around the wards and see my patients, and there are significantly fewer patients in the hospital at the moment. People... I suppose because they're staying at home and washing their hands they're just not catching all the normal seasonal viruses and infective diseases. Um, after that I tend to go to my consulting rooms where a lot of my consultations are done on the phone mm. and I really miss that patient contact all the sort of non-verbal communication that really assists in um, communicating with people. Some days I'm rostered to cover the isolation ward, the COVID ward, and that's a completely different uh, scenario. And initially, I was pretty scared, actually, um, just between you and me and Hope Radio. Mm. Uh, putting on the PPE, the personal protective equipment, it, it's pretty confronting, you know, there's a, and there's a real order to it and almost an art in taking it on and taking it off. It's yeah. called donning and doffing. Um, and to spend a large amount of time, like hours wearing the masks and the goggles, it's quite claustrophobic. Um, but having said that, the team on the ward are just fantastic and that's really been one of the best bits about the job. The nursing staff and the doctors, all the ward staff are just really uh, working together and collaborating and, and problem solving when, when things don't go according to plan. Did I mention coffee? Because there's also a lot of coffee happening. The other sort of changes that have happened in my day, I suppose, is that I will wear scrubs at the hospital. So I come to the hospital, I can even come in tracky-dacks, and I get changed into scrubs. And then I wear them around the hospital, and then I shower at work and, you know, wash my hair and everything. Um, And I wipe down my phone and I, you know, wipe down my pen. And then I drive home and I wipe down the car Uh, and I leave my work bag outside really to try and protect my family. So there's been a real change in in that sort of rigmarole.
1: Yeah. I mean, are are hospital staff, you know, and doctors generally concerned about catching COVID-19 themselves? Is it something that you guys talk about?
0: Well, I think a lot of people are worried about catching COVID-19. It's not a problem unique to healthcare workers, it's really quite confronting for everybody to watch the news, you know, to see New York or to see Italy and hear the mortality figures. But unfortunately, healthcare workers are really overrepresented in patient numbers when you, you look at the data from overseas. And absolutely, we do talk about it and we worry about it. Um, but having said that, we're really Western Australia. We do have adequate PPE. And if you're trained in its use, and you're not overrun with patients and you're not rushing and you have good infection control policies, actually the risk is minimal. And a lot of my meetings are about how to protect staff and keep them safe because it's really vital to our healthcare system that that the health workers are kept safe.
1: I'm speaking to Kate Barclay. She's a respiratory physician working on the, the front line against this COVID-19 pandemic. You've been on the actual COVID-19 wards. What have you learnt about this illness from seeing it close up?
0: I think the, the thing that has struck me is how variable it is. And that makes it difficult to, to treat and detect. So we, you know, you'd know from media reports there's asymptomatic people who are carrying it. There's people who just get a sore throat. There's people who maybe just lose their sense of smell. Obviously, those patients we're not seeing in hospital per se, but it is it is quite difficult to predict. The commonest thing that we are seeing in hospital is fever and dry cough. And the cough can be really quite aggravating and people cough a lot. Uh, and the fever will last for a few days and they'll just feel rubbish, like you do with the flu, feel really rubbish. But pleasingly, the vast majority of patients I've looked after have got better. They've mm-hmm. just needed a little bit of oxygen, a little bit of support, and they've walked out of the hospital ward and gone home. Uh, so as as we all know, the majority of people do get better from this. And I, I think um, I've learnt that it worries People a lot, uh, and we need to, in some ways, have confidence in our healthcare system. We have such a great healthcare system in Australia, and we are now, with the benefits of all the social distancing, we have so much, the hospitals have had so much time to prepare, and they're really well prepared. So, even if cases go up, um, we've got robust systems in place, and I hope that reassures people.
1: We've been very fortunate, really, in a way that um, it was summer, you know, when it all started and we've had that extra, I guess, time that other places haven't had. You guys have been learning a lot on the run and do you think that there has over this time been maybe some positive developments in healthcare, you know, that could lead to better health outcomes in the long term? Because, I mean, I feel like there's just been an unprecedented amount of cooperation and shared knowledge in this situation that we don't see normally in an everyday basis what, what are your thoughts on that
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right Katrina I mean there's heaps of examples about how the medical profession are working collaboratively around the world I mean almost on a daily basis I could join in a webinar with international experts talking about various aspects of COVID-19 I mean for example all the the medical journals that I'd normally need to pay for they're providing all their COVID-19 related articles for free Um, many teams uh, are openly publishing their research or their guidelines often you know it hasn't gone through the rigorous kind of editorial processes but it really needs to get out there and help people so there's a lot of collaboration and I think it's absolutely fantastic but at the very least we'll have a whole bunch of people who are very good at using Zoom. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. More telehealth. Might help people in the bush, eh? Um, this has been, you know, it's, it's going well at this point when we're speaking, um, you know, relatively to other countries. But obviously when it started, it must have been so challenging. You know, how did you cope with that? How did you stay hopeful when this was such a rapidly unfolding situation that it you know, could have quite easily been overwhelming?
0: Yeah, I, I guess from a personal viewpoint, at the beginning, when I, I look back like a month ago, I was I was really scared. Um, I, you know, I'm young-ish and I've got three young kids and I just hadn't really thought about dying. And for the first time, I actually thought it was possible that I might die in the not-too-distant future. And And so I was pretty scared and I think that's true of a lot of people, health professionals and other people. And what I found helpful, there were two, two main things. The first was um, thinking about the generations who had to go to war, um, people who had to send their children, their sons to war, people who were fighting on the battlefronts. And I, I actually took courage from their example, their, their example of doing their bit for their country. And, you know, everyone needs to do their bit in this time Um, but not everyone's a respiratory physician and and I am and this is my small contribution to the fight the the other thing that that encouraged me was that God is in control and even through the bad times he, he doesn't promise that everything's going to be perfect all the time and in fact looking at James where he says consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters when you face trials of many kinds I just I found that really sort of encouraging that God doesn't say it's all going to be easy. There will be trials, but he can work miracles through the trials and the hard times. Uh, and so that also encouraged me to just get on with it and go on to that ward and, you know, fight the good fight.
1: Mm. Do you think your faith has helped to sustain you with that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, uh, it's hard. I mean, I'm kind of almost taking it one day at a time. Just remembering God is in control. My church family have been unbelievably supportive. Um, you know, they're buying us takeaway and a friend of mine sends me a Bible verse every day and sometimes because I'm on Zoom talking to doctors, I don't have time to read the Bible first thing and just that message pops up and it's it's really encouraging.
1: Mm, that's great. Is there anything we can be praying for you and for other healthcare workers, doctors and nurses at this time? I think becoming
0: apparent that this virus is going to be around for a while and you know I know our case numbers are low but that's because we've slammed on the brakes and we can't keep those brakes on to the same extent uh, as we have been and I think we need to learn to live with it and I think so I'd really appreciate prayer for the healthcare workers um, that they can get rest and renewal because this is going to be a marathon and not a sprint uh, and pray that they don't make mistakes with their PPE because they're tired and it's become kind of mundane and routine. I'd also appreciate prayer for all of those who are making decisions about this disease because we don't always know the answers. In fact, no one in the world knows all the answers about this. And so prayer for wisdom about patient care and decisions about health policy. Yeah. Also prayer for... Um, families of healthcare workers that they can be understanding and kept safe uh, and and pray for I suppose everybody teachers and healthcare workers and, and everybody that we, we wouldn't be anxious in these uncertain times but put our trust in God that he will sustain us
1: mm. Alright thanks for sharing it's been great um, to hear from you And uh, thanks for the work that you're doing. Like, you know, I think everyone listening would feel the same way to say, you know, thank you. As you said, not everyone can be a respiratory physician, but um, you are and you're doing it. And so thanks for what you're doing.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: Mm. That's Dr. Kate Barclay. She's a respiratory physician in a major Sydney hospital. She's been talking about her first-hand experience treating patients with COVID-19. Thanks
0: for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to HOPE1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.